Allora, it was 4.25 in the afternoon on October 27th of 2022 when we boarded the ferry in Capri, which would take us to the village of Amalfi. I have my photos as proof to show that I was outside on the deck during the entire one hour and 15 minute ferry ride, taking video of all kinds of adorable, cute, quaint little boats returning to Capri Harbor from their private day tours under a picture perfect blue sky on a very, very warm and very, very sunny day. Again, it was the end of October. Hard to believe. See? See. <laughs> Benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. Or let's go back into a little Italian classes. Our love of all things tutte le cose italiane. And carrying on with our Italian lessons, mi chiamo Kimberly. E tu chiami? Mi chiamo Tommaso Fabuloso. Okay, hold on a second. You've been saying this for like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten episodes. Please say the second word again. Tommaso what? Fabuloso. Okay, so that is the typical American I made it trying. up. I made it up. <laughs> but there is a word that means fabulous. It's favoloso with a V. So just try that. Tommaso Favoloso. Tommaso Favoloso. Bravo. It's like when someone says... Grazie mille. Prego, prego. It's like someone says, that's so perfecto. There's really no C in that. You say perfetto. Perfetto. Lots of little things to learn, but you're getting there. Tommaso Favoloso. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> All right, you guys. It is a Monday, and it is our first kind of nor'easter snowstorm potentially maybe we might miss the worst of the snow we're not going to get the snow we're just going to be snotty and windy and it's cold and it's gross so we decided hold on let me get it we need even though it's a monday night we need to share a bottle of rosso da montalcino <laughs> that's enough jesus <laughs> Big glass for Tommaso. That's a big pour. <laughs> well, I was trying to go for the sound effects. <laughs> Hold on. You got it. You did get the sound effects. So we're going to have a sip of Rosso da Montalcino throughout this podcast episode. And right after this, because it's cold and nasty, we're going to light a big crackling fire and finish mm. the bottle. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Monday be damned. <laughs> Correct. All right, this is episode 88 in Italian, Otantotto, and I love pronouncing that number combination because Otanto is 80, Otto is 8. So you would think you would say Otanto e Otto. Instead, you jam the word together, get rid of a vowel here or there, and it's just Otantotto. How's that? I like that word. Right? Isn't the, it great? Well, it's also the name of my last Audi. An 88? Oh, Otto. This is Otto, long O. Otto, whatever. Close. Next. <laughs> Next. Fabuloso. <laughs> Otto, the Fabuloso car. All right. I will try to keep this episode under 30 minutes again, even though we just had a suggestion this week via a very nice review from someone named JJ 
coupon. Who would prefer an entire hour of us blabbing away about Italy every week? Sorry, JJ, that's not going to happen <laughs> at all. Not for a while uh, until I don't I don't know when, but all the analytics show a drop off after 30 minutes. So whether it takes 30 minutes while you're making a pasta or 30 minutes to have your cocktail or whatever, drive somewhere or drive somewhere, generally 30 minutes is, is someone's tails max. off. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, and on the other hand, to be honest, I need all the other days of the week to work on all my client trips to Bella Italia. And just producing this one podcast takes Almost an entire day by the time we get ready. And then we have to have open a bottle of wine and <laughs> record. And then Tommaso has to, Tommaso Il Favoloso <laughs> has to edit and et cetera. So thanks, JJ, but we're sticking to the 30 minutes. Thank you for listening, I should say. It was a very kind review. All right. This episode is carrying on with the girls trip I took last October and November. And just a brief summary, they were six women, they are six women who were all friends with each other, and they hired me to escort them to Rome and then the Amalfi Coast. And I will say, as I did in the introduction here, we were either really lucky with the weather or climate change has now made November the new May, weather-wise. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned, we were... That's very, it was very good. Oh, thank you. As I mentioned, we took the ferry from Capri after we stayed there, which our last few episodes were on. And we went directly to the village of Amalfi. And the sun was getting lower as we approached the Amalfi coastline, which, by the way, if you go by boat, the Amalfi coastline is dotted the entire length with ancient stone fortresses. Yet you have to look really closely because when they were built thousands of years ago, they wisely used the same stone as the mountain behind it. So they almost, you know, blend into the to the background. But now there's vegetation, etc. So as you look at these old fortresses, you just can't help but think like, my God, thousands of years ago, you guys made those structures on the edge of a cliff to defend your little village. There's another reason why they were made of the local stone right nearby. It was a pain in the butt to move it a long way. Yeah, exactly. So, but what are you going to do? Bring in white Carrara marble. Right. <laughs> it's really beautiful to sit there in 2023 or anytime you're on that boat, passing these ancient structures and think about it. You know, and everyone's taking a picture of, oh, look at that pretty old fort. It's not just a pretty old fort. It defended the village of Praiano from the warlords down south, whatever. It's really incredible. When we got off the boat in Amalfi, we walked to our small family-run hotel, and the sky at that point was, what do you call that, Tommaso? That magic blue hour? Magic hour. Magic hour. That's right. When we when the sun is setting here, especially in the winter months. Yeah. And if it we have blue. snow, it goes this incredible deep blue. It lasts for about two minutes and it's time to oh, stand there stand there with your eyes wide open and go Exactly. This is beautiful. The most beautiful two minutes of the day. Right. So that same kind of blue color that we get here was, you know, taking over this huge sky on the Amalfi Coast when we arrived in the village. And then we got into our little idyllic small family-run hotel. We all unpacked, regrouped, and then 
I took them on a walk around the village since it was the first time for all of them on the Amalfi Coast. And I love nothing, nothing more than a first timer's expression when they turn the corner walking into the village of Amalfi and they turn the corner and they see the Duomo for the very first time in their lives. And the thing is, it's set up high. Like I never tell anyone what they're going to see, except wait till you see the Duomo. It's on your right. I don't say it's up these however many hundred steps and it's amazing. I just say it's down the down the entrance to your right. And then they see it and you watch their expression and you're like, yes, because it affects every single person. You just don't expect to see such a unique cathedral situated so up high from the piazza you're standing on and one that is completely dominated by design. Remember the Duomos and cathedrals we just saw in Luca? They were so design-centric. Mm-hmm. This one makes them like look, look like little infants in comparison. This design on the Amalfi Cathedral is from what you initially see of the facade is from the different colored stone that they cut and placed onto the facade to create this stunning visual. And as I've described before in previous episodes, the combination of influences in this drama is hard to top. It's predominantly Arab Norman, Romanesque, and then you throw in some Byzantine, Gothic, and Baroque elements, and it sounds busy or weird, doesn't it, Tommaso? It would sound busy visually if you just described it, but when you see it, it right. sort of comes together. Right. But believe me, you're right. When you are standing there and you look at it, it totally works. And it's one of my favorite Duomos in all of Italy. Now, let me just say something there, church lady, about your favorite Duomos. I think <laughs> everyone who listens to this podcast will sort of sit there and go, it was one of my favorite Duomos. And you can just put insert. <laughs> Wherever she is at exactly, that point. Exactly. Because it is, whatever, wherever you are, that's the favorite one of I the know. moment. Well, like at um, on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, when we were in Luca walking around, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this one. Look at this one. All so design heavy, heavy as in design makes it, design sucks you in. And it's all designed by the different color stone and how they hand laid it. I really dug the one in Luca because of right. the, all the design, all the geometrics in the mm-hmm. laying of it all. And they did that without Adobe Illustrator, which is very, very cool. <laughs> you keep saying that. I know. We but, get it. I know. I know, but it's really hard to think about how they laid that out. Again, design is in Italian's blood. All right. After our first night of viewing the Duomo, we walked up the narrow sidewalks to my favorite, my absolute favorite pizzeria in Amalfi. And I kid you not, I could eat here every single night, to be honest. Pizza? In the in Amalfi, in this particular place. Oh. You sit under, <laughs> and besides, you've never had Napolitano pizza yet. So no. once you do, you'll never, ever say to me again, can we do pizza again tonight? I mean, we make our own pizza, but is it anything like this? No. Okay. I'm taking you to Amalfi, and then you can have a whole new, like, awakening of pizza. At this family-run place, you sit under a pergola of lemon tree branches, and it literally, these branches take up the entire outdoor, very large terrace. You always eat outside. If it rains there, I have no idea what they do. I've never even seen an inside, an interior of this restaurant. I have no idea. (laughs) 
I've been there so many times and it just never rains. So you walk in under this pergola of these lemon tree branches and the fragrance is intoxicating from the second you walk in and the pizza is as good as you can get outside of Napoli, which is all of, you know, like 30 kilometers away. Light and fluffy crust and those those crusts are filled with air and then loads of grilled vegetables, just the right amount of mozzarella, not too much, not too little, the right amount of sugo di pomodoro. It is perfetto. And of course, we have to have a round of limoncello after your pizza because (laughs) we are actually in the birthplace of that brilliant invention, limoncello. In Amalfi. You also have to clear the palate, and it's purely a functional drink. Exactly. Full of sugar, but it's (laughs) totally functional. And the limoncello is so colorful also, and you're normally eating on tabletops in the Amalfi Coast that are hand-painted mosaic tiles in the most vibrant and happy colors. Do you remember, Tommaso, when we did a previous episode on the Amalfi Coast, my summary description of the Amalfi Coast is happy. It's just a happy, happy place because of the color, because of the smell, because of the floral, everything. It's just a happy, happy place. Italy is a happy place. Well, that's true. But the Amalfi Coast, if you add limoncello, that pizza and the tiles, you're super, super happy. It's happy, happy. (laughs) Happy cubed. Anyway, back to the limoncello, the real deal in Amalfi, the limoncello is a pale yellow color. And to the point, actually, that it's almost a little murky, like the tonal quality of it is a little murky. So do not buy those super bright neon yellow bottles of limoncello that you see on the more, you know, main strips of tourist stores, don't buy it. Go for the more low-key pale yellow limoncello and you'll know that's legit. Remember the bottle I brought back? It's still, there's a teeny bit left still in our freezer and it is a pale yellow color. Hmm. So that's, that's the insider scoop. All right. So after our lovely dinner, I walked everyone back down other teeny quote unquote sidewalks, which, <laughs> as I've explained before, are the ancient footpaths that have been there for thousands of years, like all over Italy. Lago di Como. Air quotes, sidewalks. Sidewalks. Exactly. They're not a street because no car or moped could ever get up them, but they are the old footpaths from thousands of years ago. And you can literally walk right next to someone's front door or their kitchen window. Or during the day, you if you smell, here's a giveaway. If you smell like that fresh laundry detergent, if you smell that aroma, you know you're about to take a step or, or around the corner on these sidewalks and that la mama or la nona is out back in their little kind of courtyard patio area hanging their fresh laundry on the line. So you know when you smell that, what you're coming up to. So just be prepared with a big happy face and say, buongiorno, and they'll say, (laughs) buongiorno, benvenuti to Amalfi. You know, like they're very used to it. They're very happy. They don't mind. It's just part of life there. 
And there are a lot of stone steps in this village of Amalfi and the entire Amalfi Coast. And that means you have to go way up as well as way down. Yet, the beauty of Amalfi and similar villages like Priano, Positano, Minori, is that you cannot get lost. Because while you're on these little sidewalks, you go up and up and up, and then you eventually come to the end. Because even thousands of years ago, the locals were like, all right, enough's enough. We're not going to keep going up this steep cliff. So this is where the last house will be. So they eventually stop. And the higher you get, you can turn around and look and see the water. So you have your bearings, you know where to go. And you just walk back and find your way down eventually. You know, and personally, I prefer the village of Amalfi because one, as I just mentioned, I'm obsessed with the Duomo. But two, it's small enough, which means less hotels. Therefore, less people. Yet, it's definitely crowded during the day, like every day, during the whole season. The entire Amalfi Coast is jammed with day trippers, either from Sorrento or Salerno or even Napoli. But Amalfi at night is totally manageable and quiet compared to Positano. Do the, do the cruise ships go into Napoli and bus people up there for the day? Probably. That is a very good point. I'm not sure, but maybe that contributes to the masses of tourists during the day. I was assuming they all just come from the ferries. A lot of people choose to stay in Sorrento, thinking it's less expensive and an easy way in and out. But it's still, you have to get from where you're staying down to the harbor in Sorrento. Right. Take the big long ferry around the end of the peninsula of Sorrento, get to Positano or Amalfi. It's a long day. So, but that's a good point. I I do not know that answer. Anyway, they are crowded during the day. Day trippers to Capri, Amalfi, Positano. And then they all leave and go back to where they came from. Maybe cruise ships. I don't know. (laughs) Good idea. Tommaso Favoloso. Um, But Amalfi at night, you have it to yourself. And it's just, it just makes you so happy that you're there. And as I mentioned, the village of Positano is much larger And it's beautiful, it's more colorful, but it's the most visited and hence the most crowded. So at the very beginning of the season, like right at the beginning of the season, like early to mid-April or the very, very end, which is October into November, maybe the third week of October, Positano would be fine, just totally fine. It's really beautiful and oh so very, very Amalfi Coast with the abundance of color everywhere. It's larger and wider, so there's more buildings to have more intense colored buildings, like those deep roses and reds and ochre and, yeah, blue. Amalfi's a little low-key in comparison, hence I prefer it. All right, let me go back to our first official morning in Amalfi. With Kitten Club 3. I didn't really call it Kitten Cub 3 for some reason. It was just kind of a girl's trip because I don't know why. Well, it was Kitten Club 3. Okay, technically it was. Technically, yes. And we will definitely have a Kitten Club 4. JJ, that's for you. JJ asked for more Kitten Club interviews and whatnot. Oh, right. She did. Okay, we will kind of work on that. That's a very good idea. We have one coming up. She asked for um, if we would ever interview people that had paid me to plan their trip. And also the Kitten Club. Okay, there you go. Thank you for remembering that. 
All right. So that morning we had cappuccino on the terrace with, I kid you not, it was almost ridiculous. The same incredibly warm, beautiful day, crazy deep blue sky. And it just made for the most awesome way to start your day. And actually, a few of the women took a swim before breakfast. So on October 28th, you could still swim in the warm Tyranian water in the morning. Literally, like what's not to love about a swim in the sea before your breakfast? That makes for a good vacation, right? Yes. Right. (laughs) Then I wanted to show them the inside of the Duomo. They had only seen it from the exterior the night before. And I wanted them to go through every step of it, every inch. As I mentioned, this place is one of a kind. They have this beautiful courtyard that makes you feel like you're in Istanbul or somewhere. And then there's the crypt next to the basilica, which was completed in 1208. And this crypt's most famous resident is St. Andrew, whose remains were brought from Constantinople during the Fourth Crusade in 2006, where his body was placed in the Duomo because the Duomo is named after him as well. Sant'Andrea. Wow. Right? 1206. 1206. I thought it was 1203. Yeah, whatever. Big difference. So the crypt is right next to the basilica. And every time I walk down that very long set of stone stairs to the crypt, it's very steep and deep and plain. And you know, you feel like you're going into a crypt, but yet the stairs are wide. It's not claustrophobic. They're almost like majestic, but you're going down really on a severe incline. And all I can think about is the millions of people since 1208 that have walked down those very same steps into the underground beauty of a very large and very ornate crypt. Truly, the columns, which are not round, by the way, they're four-sided. So I'm not even really sure I call that a column. It's like the the, well, it's a column. It's a, the support structure. Yeah, but, but it's, a, it's, it's a square column. Okay, a square column. And the vaulted edges that keep this crypt intact, they're covered. Every inch is covered in mosaic designs and fresco. Literally every single inch is adorned with art and design crafted by hand by man. You truly need to go to Amalfi, Tommaso Favre. Favoloso, and every single person that's listening and look at every inch of this place. It is unbelievable. After that, tutte le donne, I'm just throwing in some more um, Italian lessons here. All the girls, tutte le donne, all of the women, technically, they took the bus up to Ravello because I knew they needed to see the most romantic village on the Amalfi Coast, Ravello. And we have discussed that before in previous episodes as well. But I stayed behind because being La Capa, the tour leader guide. You had some paperwork to do. Oh, Making Dio sure you didn't spend too much. Right? I was kind of worried <laughs> that we were. Too limoncello. Too many limoncellos. Bravo. I actually was a tad uh, worried that we were um plowing through the budget the budget so i said you guys go to ravello and i will go back onto the terrazzo of our place and plow through all this paperwork 
However, before I did that, I just had to take a quick walk around through all the quote unquote sidewalks to make sure there was something I didn't miss or you always find something new like, oh, a new little shrine that I didn't see last time (laughs) or a new little cafe or whatever, some new dog waiting. Anyway, I love cruising around Amalfi. And then, of course, before I went back to the hotel, I had to stop in to the paper the paper shops. And also in a previous episode, we went into detail about the history of the Amalfi Coast with printing and paper. Same with Venice, but it's one of two places to buy the most incredible handmade paper. So I did that. I finally went back to our hotel and I sat on my terrazzo and finished organizing all the receipts. Um, but actually with the help of a gin and tonica. <laughs> it made it like enjoyable. It makes it a little easier. You know too. how much I hate math and numbers. I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. Well, I know gin and tonica will help. Anyway, the next morning we were picked up early by a driver that I have been using for a few years now, but I had never met him in person. So we had a big happy greeting at about eight, nine in the morning, and off we went to Palm Bay, all of us. Actually, I was referred to this driver by the tour guide in Pompeii, where I have sent friends and clients for years, as in like pre-COVID days. I had found this woman. I think I just found her myself, and I sent friends of friends, and then I started this business. I sent clients. Every Everyone, every single person I've ever sent there was like, oh, that was amazing. So through her, I got the name of this driver. He picked us up, we went and drove directly to Pompeii. And when we finally got there, I got to meet this woman, the tour guide as well, face to face for the first time. So it was so fantastic to thank her in person for all the private tours she's given to all my clients. And to fill you in on those of you who have never been to Pompeii, the outskirts as you drive up to it, is just not that attractive. Okay, I'll just say it that way. It kind of reminds me of... It's like coming down Route 114 coming into Newport. It's just not that attractive. Yes, yes, Or it kind of reminded me of the Jersey Shore. You know, like a little, a bit of kind of tacky shops and some cheap places to eat. And I had not been to Pompeii in probably, aging myself again here, but whatever, I probably hadn't been there in 25, 30 years. So obviously things have grown since then and there were more kind of unattractive places. So it can get a little disheartening, but I kept thinking if someone did that on their own and they saw that, would they be frustrated? They were going through all this kind of hassle. Is it worth visiting Pompeii? And I'm here to tell you. See, I think pretty much everywhere that's worth visiting you need to get through some yuck. Yes, that's a very good point. However, the way that I arranged this day for us made everything seamless and easy to the point you didn't even notice the tacky stuff. Only I did, really. (laughs) The driver took us straight to the gate. Keep in mind, he picked us up in the hotel in Amalfi, drove us to Pompeii, drove us straight to the gate where we met the guide, and then he took off with the van and all of our luggage, and he waited who knows where, for two plus hours for our tour. And she had purchased the tickets 
to enter Pompeii beforehand. So we just walked in with her and her badge. So it gave us like this little VIP treatment, like like Pompeii street cred. (laughs) (laughs) We just walked right in past the lines of everyone waiting in line. And because it's so crowded, basically every day of the year, the further you go in, it just seemed like the crowd somehow dissipated a bit. And at times, the eight of us, because there were seven of us and the guide, the eight of us would be standing in what remained of a noble family's home. And we were listening to her describe how the village of Pompeii functioned before Mount Suvius or Mount Vesuvio, as it's called, erupted. So out of that group of us, the kitten club, the girls trip, only two of us had been before to Pompeii. And in my case, as I just mentioned, I was young and most likely (laughs) on a very strict budget. So the concept of paying for a tour guide didn't even enter my mind. You just are able to get a brochure and read as you go. And people do that now. Anyone can walk through Pompeii and just refer to a printout, but it's nothing Nothing like we learned this time around. It is absolutely fascinating in its own right, the history of what happened when Mount Vesuvio erupted, but to walk around the remains from this eruption that happened 1,944 years ago, all while listening to an educated archaeologist explain what you were literally standing on was amazing. Just worth every penny. And when we finished the tour, we all went to a restaurant where she had reserved us a table. So there's another little upside to having a private tour guide. And then our friendly driver happened to have a parking spot right across from that little ristorante. And I was like, this is one very organized (laughs) gig. And I thought... Everyone must be impressed with this whole situation. I was, and I even (laughs) planned it. (laughs) I was overly impressed. And so the driver came over and joined us for a quick bite before we all called it a day. And then he drove us back to the Port Napoli, where he dropped us off at a ferry for our next stay on the island of Prochita. So think about that in summary. How about that type of service? driver picked us up in Amalfi with our luggage, drove us to Pompeii, waited for us during our two-hour tour with the luggage, met us at the lunch spot where we all relaxed together, and not to sound sappy or cheesy, but it's like we were old friends by then. Then we said our arrivederci's to the lovely tour guide, and then he drove us straight to the proper dock in Crazy Napoli to take the boat to our next destination. And all of that for a totally reasonable amount of money and money well spent, if you ask me. Money well spent, if you ask me. Well, what does that mean? What is What's reasonable mean? Price-wise? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I haven't been on. Okay. It was, um, for all that, for the driver, was 200 euro. And there were seven of us. And I think the two-hour tour was 160 euro. So I spent 360 euro for seven of us to be picked up, driven to Pompeii, have the driver wait for us for the two-hour tour, and then drive us to Napoli to get on a ferry. 
And all the while looking and feeling important because you right? had VIP, VIP VIP treatment. VIP, they call it. VIP. Yes, it was. So that to me, if you're a family of four, just the hassle right. of getting or family of four or friends. Let's say you're friends. I had a lot of clients last summer go to the Amalfi Coast and they were groups of friends, three or four or five friends together. The effort you make to get from Amalfi to Napoli, which is where you get everywhere else, either via train to go up to Rome or to the airport. It's a hassle to get somewhere. You don't want to take that bus. It's overly crowded and gross and the only unreliable public transportation in Italy, to be honest. So this is a reasonable amount of money, as I just said. So I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's obvious. (laughs) And, you know, all of that between the driver and the tour guide, all of the beauty of having great relationships with Italians, with these, I want to call them colleagues that I have befriended over the years, I am able to set up clients, my own clients. It's completely stress-free, hassle-free, and it just makes your trip like just about perfect. And also you don't take, you haven't had many knuckleheads as clients. No, I have not. So the they, drivers like it yes. and they're nice you're nice they're nice people, they're polite, everyone's happy. Exactly. Everyone appreciates what everyone is doing for them. So it is a win-win situation. We decline the knuckleheads. I haven't had any knuckleheads. <laughs> All right. Allora, our next episode will be on the very last destination of this kitten club, this girls trip, which was to the island of Procida. And we have spoken about it before on previous episodes, you know, the Amalfi Coast episodes. However, this time around, I can tell you how incredible, molto, molto incredible this colorful island is. E una isola bellissima. Capisci? <laughs> si. Bravo. I just wanted to say, JJ, we're way past 30 oh, minutes. Oh, shit, are we? <laughs> Oops, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> Merda, I meant to say. Okay, then I'll I'll finish here. Okay, grazie mille tutti. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.